Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? I'm your host, Patrick Klupik. Rob Zachney, not content with taking time off a little while ago, says, No, I'm Rob Zachney. I'll take more time off. Uh, Rob is is like actually <laughs> there's a bunch of that going on uh, here at Waypoint HQ with uh, Vice Media's. Uh, well, this is normal most companies. You got to burn holiday uh, rollovers uh, before they just gotta disappear into the void. What you shouldn't do is after six years of the company, look up how many hours you haven't used in that six years no. that just got eaten by a recycling machine. <laughs> well, no, it didn't recycle it. It's a trash bin. It's a, and yeah, you just don't get those hours back. Incinerated. Wait, how many? That. How, wow, that's a lot of months I sh- could have spent with my family or just <gasps> relaxing. Yeah. Who did this? Was that you? It was me. It was me. It was you, was Patrick. I'm pretty, I am. I am pretty good about taking time. It's more that like six years you discover um, that you could have taken more. Um, uh, but uh, those are the voices of uh, producer uh, Renata Price. Hello, Ren. Hello. And back from, well, still in the moving void. Don't ask. Don't ask them about what's behind them because yeah, they don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Ricardo Contreras, hello. Hello. Are you alive? Uh, kind of. Um, I'm getting Is there. that desk? Okay. I have a question. Yeah. You put out a very concerning tweet. Now, I uh, feel uh, allyship with this tweet because it has happened to me many times uh, over the course of moving. But you took a desk. Yeah. You uh, disassembled it. You moved it to your new apartment uh, yeah. and then reassembled it and discovered at the end. Can I see it? Do you have access to it? No. And I'll tell you There's, why. All right. But there was you tweeted that there was a single, a screw, single left. screw. I have oh, a entertainment God. center that has been kicking around from Crate and Barrel for <laughs> like 13 years, like a real Damn. long time. When it made it to our house, it was clearly the last move but yeah. i've disassembled it reassembled it over the course of three or four moves like it was one of the first pieces of furniture like spent like what felt like real money at the time for what we had access to like, right yeah, like this is <laughs> three hundred dollars is real money um and but like every time i would de- disassemble it and reassemble it i would ha- end up with like a screw and a bolt and like hmm well it's standing up it seems so, fine now uh, so okay. and and that that happened multiple times over yeah. the course of of moving um amazing so, walk me through your desk okay I, first of all my desk is is fucking huge um measured from corner to corner it's 60 inches by 60 inches it's l-shaped so right i got like an l-shaped too but mine's smaller than yours i think um so it's like enormous has to be taken apart can't be taken down um, it's also a standing desk um, because, mm. especially working from home, motorized. And, like you hit a button, or yeah, we like yeah, crank yeah. it. I've something. done this okay. bit before, haven't I? Where I go like, 
Goodbye. Probably. Probably. I not recently. So. Long enough for me to not remember. Right. Um, yeah. So there's wow. motors wow. in Wow, Connor truly has left us. There's, there's motors in each of the legs. Um, which makes the each leg <laughs> extremely heavy. Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Look, I'm just happy that the standing desk sur- survived being torn down and put back together. That just yeah. seems stressful all on its own. It seems very... You, so it's a very sturdy With instructions? Desk. Or were you like... I'm no. going to figure this out. I can just take it apart. I'll just yeah. put it back together. Well, that's the thing. I would have to go all the way to step one to fucking follow mm-hmm. the instructions. And I was going to do that because it came in multiple boxes, flat packed, so that it was like more shippable. But I don't have those boxes anymore. There was no way Welcome. I was going to walk around with like each leg is like easily like four pieces. There's mm-hmm. three legs. And then like the the there's like at least like a three piece kind of like web of uh cross braces in between each leg so it's like well i guess no. when you're disassembling and reassembling a desk you're not actually going back to square one no right? you're just taking yeah. off the crucial pieces so it can move exactly so i took off the, the the desktop which is in two pieces one is a kind of normal uh 60 by uh 30 deep desktop and then the other one's a 30 by 30 like little leaf that makes up the full length of the of the desk. That was easy enough. Those are all just wood screws that go into the bottom. Um, there there were a couple of rubber gaskets that are meant to go mm-hmm. between the metal bits of the legs and the wood that help with the vibrations. That definitely got lost. So hopefully, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think so far I've moved it up and down a few times. It doesn't rattle too much or anything. Uh, hopefully that I mean, the ones that just... are left are enough <laughs> i mean that and also like every time you distance level and put something together you have taken off x amount of time from its total lifespan oh, in a way that yeah. is it, there's nothing you could do about it right yeah. like it's these these are meant to objects like this are tr- truly really meant to stay together they're not supposed to come apart and go back together <laughs> when i've accepted that when i move the bed that i use and the desk that i use gone yeah so Just... not not my problem anymore <laughs> because they they cannot wow. be reassembled or you're choosing this as a moment in time in your life to say no to these objects. I'm better than you. Yeah. I can yeah. get better ones. Yeah. No, nice. that is, that All is right. exactly what, I mean, for one of them, I'm not going to take my new, I'm not going to, if I move in the next few months, it would be, it would be to cohabitate. And so like, I'm not taking my second to bed with a, we're not, I'm not going to be a two bed home. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Are you comedy joking me right now? No, no. A two couch home? Sure. Two bed? The fuck are you talking about? I don't know. You about? said that you might live in a world with two PS5s and like why why not why limit yourself to uh, not true. being able to be to to play a PS5 in a bed as well. Counterpoint. You know, that just seems like truly glamorous. Another mm. counterpoint? Food mm. bed. Food bed. Food bed. Oh. Food bed. Someone, already- resur- someone resurfaced <laughs> that um packs uh oh my god <laughs> mtv cribs video uh was incredible really good god, food, food bed's tough food bed remains tough for me i try <laughs> i try not to i try not to partake in food bed no you I should try. if, if no, i have to school that's my what you need one the one food should not bed <laughs> the, the second oh bed. one is just a food one is bed. just a food yeah. bed that's the whole thing you, you know? know what and <laughs> one underrated potential upside of this is if you want to get rid of the rats in Rob's place, uh, the food bed could be a new home for them. There you go. Um, and maybe maybe they would True. pass on that information True. through the rat network. Uh, like, hey, <laughs> you hear about this food bed? The, oh, my God. The desk that I use is a real piece of shit. The uh, desk I, I use sucks. So it, it sucks as bad as you can imagine a desk sucking. 
uh, while still being like an L-shaped desk. It's not, it's not a good desk. I remember I purchased the desk right after uh, uh, my current partner and I broke up uh, for the first time. Uh, and she's an interior designer. I remember when she came over uh, for the first time in like seven months uh, to, to hang out and watch uh, The Lord of the Rings. She saw this desk and was like, that's not happening. That's not that's And that's where the breakup occurred. She saw the desk. And, <laughs> exactly. And <this> exactly. <laughs> By the way. So that's understandable, that's, frankly. That's when she that was like, over. never again. <laughs> I already did this once, and now I see your dog shit desk never again. Little did she know. Um, so your desk is back together. Yeah. I, I saw uh, any other notable moving quirks. Well, hey, well, uh, uh, one, one year when uh, the second apartment I moved to in San Francisco... Uh, I, um, well, this story makes me sound like a real dumbass, but, uh, we were, uh, moving and someone asked, like I'd gotten up to the, like the third floor, whatever we were at and someone who introduced themselves as my neighbor, like, Oh, Hey, you moving in there? I was like, yeah. Um, and my wife, or my wife was there. Another friend that was helping us move was there. So there was like a, a steady flow of people going between the rental van and the apartment mm-hmm. and only like two flights of stairs. Um, like, Hey, like I just got locked out of my, my place. Like, could you just kind of like, call someone really quick? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Absentmindedly. I was like, my wife is coming up the stairs now. Like just chill here. And like, she'll get the phone back from you. That person fled into another apartment on the same floor, <laughs> did not go down. There was nowhere else to go, but down just took the phone. Like I went down the stairs, come back up. And I was like, Hey, did you get my phone? She's like, what phone? Like, what do, you, what do you mean what phone? <laughs> I, the guy was just here. Dude, borrow my phone to call their friend. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Knocked on all the doors. You know, like, oh my called, God. The, called the police. They were like, this, I don't, what do you want us to do? Like, bust into with these doors and then like called the landlord. They're like, what do you want me to do? Bust in? I was like, <laughs> there's nothing I can do here. I'm just, I shit out of luck on this, on this phone. I'm like losing a phone. Like back then was not like no, <laughs> was not easily replaceable. Uh, I ended up buying like a flip phone for a couple of months while I like wow. figured out the finances on like getting a, getting another one. Um, the whole Did reason you ever we were see that person to... again? Wait, you moving no, out? Like, Sorry. Well, I presume what happened is they just waited us out. Like right. they were hiding in in someone's apartment that they knew, and then you just left do to a go. stakeout situation all yeah, night. I thought about it. I mean. <laughs> I thought about it. Did not end up doing the stakeout uh, situation. I mean, the the uh, the, the closest I've gotten to uh, confronting someone on on like this was uh, right after I moved to San Francisco. I had like a a Canon DSLR, like a, a re, like a, a decent camera, and uh, we had gotten a burrito and had sat down. We're sitting down in this tiny little place, it's a Cancun Taqueria that's just off of Market um, uh, near the uh, where the cable car goes up, and I set it down in front of me and we're the table nearest to the door and just I had taken it off, put it down in front of me. Someone runs in, grabs it, bolts. I am shook like I've been hit with a bolt of electricity. Like, what am I supposed to do here? Someone just took my camera off of the table and ran. <laughs> and my wife just turns to me and goes, run. And I'm like, OK. <laughs> and so I I run out of the, the, the establishment, like see someone sprinting around the corner. I follow them around the corner. I see them go into an alleyway. I follow them into the alleyway. It's daytime. Dumb, I should dumb, be clear. If dumb, it was nighttime, dumb. I would 
not have not have attempted any of this. Mm-hmm. Should have attempted it, but I was 22, like 21, 22. Like, you can do anything. Um, I would not that, do this. <laughs> get into that alleyway. Um, and he looks at me, kind of like the stranger, uh, the merchant from Resident Evil 4. Like, what do you, what do you want, stranger? Like, is holding the camera, looks at me and goes, do you want to do this? And I said, no. And then I walked away. <laughs> Correct. You made the correct decision. Wow. Do you want to do this? The answer is always no. The answer someone, was no. If someone asks you, like, do you want to do something? Like, hey, do you want to go do this? No. No. Do you want to do... Like, that's fine. But do you want to do this? This. If the this is left unspoken, <laughs> you do not want to do it. You don't want to know what this is. This will go poorly <sighs> yeah so i let that go with a sense of accomplishment that i i took it to as far as i could before uh my fight or flight uh kicked in went uh across the street there were there, there were some cops uh hanging out i was like hey my camera just got stolen that guy's just he was in the alleyway I'm like well he's probably gone now and i'm like yeah yeah you're probably right like what what do you like this is a tourist area like i'm sure this happens fairly frequently they're like yeah I'm like so what like, what's your recommendation? I'm like, well, you could fill out a stolen form, but, you know, like, that's, like we're not going to find your camera. I was like, okay. It's like, because what they're going to do is they're going to take it and immediately take it to a pawn shop and there yeah. just won't be a, a trace of it. Uh, they yeah. said the best, your best solution, if you like, it really means a lot to you is to l- look up all the pawn shops that are like within a block or two and then try to find that camera at the pawn shop, ask them to turn it on. And they're like, most likely your pictures are still going to be there. And if you tell a place, that's my camera. It was stolen. It's like most of the time they'll give it to you. Uh, I looked at a couple pawn shops, never, no. never found it. Mm-hmm. And no. that camera, the camera went by. Um, so that was terrible. But camera. that's, that's my story. Um, anything else notable from this, from this moving adventure, Kato? Um, yeah, my I broke my body. This is <laughs> oh hey. I feel just, like that was half your tweets. It was just yeah. like in I'm summation dying. was just ugh. <laughs> yeah. Kato's Twitter. Ooh. Um, yeah. I think. Uh, Did you break your is, phone? This is the part of this process. Oh, that was that's a different thing. Uh, All <laughs> I'll right. Tell that story next. That, okay. This is definitely the last time I'm moving without movers. Mm-hmm. I was like, "You're too. You are too old for this." <laughs> Frankly, I, yeah, I, we we did it though. I mean, there's three of us, so like you know, we thought surely getting a queen size bed up a flight of stairs isn't that <sighs> bad. Um, but it broke me. It did. You know, you ever do that thing where you stand in a doorway and push mm-hmm. your arms out against the doorway for a little bit? Yeah, yeah. And then you step out and your arms like kind of float up. I had that happen on accident in like an mm-hmm. L shape of my arms from lift. Like I couldn't move my arms down from that position for like a minute it was very very bad so yeah uh discovering new muscles in your body yeah it was not good um i'm just now and that was like that was sunday not this past sunday like yesterday but a week ago from yesterday when we're recording this and i think my body is at like 80 percent still I think I'm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel sore. Are you ever going to recover the remaining twenty, or do we just consider this a I new? I don't know. <laughs> this might be that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 
I mean, I'm technically stronger if that's how that works, right? Your your, your mm, muscles rip true. and all that shit, and then they regrow. <laughs> so I'm a little bit stronger. So let's call that ninety have, and, and call it even. I guess. <laughs> I push. I, I have a clarifying yeah. question. What's up? When you say you carried a bed up the stairs, do you mean you carried a bed frame? You carried like a box spring. You carried like a mattress. Like what? What so, are the things you carrying? And are you carrying multiple at a time? We had we have a queen sized mattress that is special it's like a it's like what if you had both foam a foam mattress and a spring mattress all together in one and it's also okay. queen sized so it's like very comfortable it is it's super fucking comfortable it's been great for my back over the years but it's also weighs a fucking ton it weighs you know the size of a small right, car it's got double the shit. stuff yeah it is thick it is like as it is thicker than a regular mattress is, um, and it's filled with extra things, and it's just very, very heavy. Um, so that that's what I was moving was the mattress, the mattress, the mattress frame. We have like a drawer drawers situation from IKEA that has drawers for storage yes, under the bed. I have I have one of the whoa 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 yeah. whoa whoa Kato. Is it the light like beigey one? Is it the same thing? I have a different no. color. It uses the black one. I have the beige okay. one, but it's similar. It's that. It's that sort of thing. Hate do you this have fucking bed? Do you have on both sides? No, my bed is against the wall. We've okay. got. We've gone. We've gone over the orientation I know, I know. of my bedroom enough so, on a live stream, Kata. We don't need. To, we don't need to do this here. <laughs> but if it was not against so, the wall, so is mine. But we basically put long term storage on the drawers that would be accessible on the other side, and just dump it in there. And they oh. never then get you have it to out. move the bed if you need to get access. Yeah, to if it. I need it, but we rarely need that stuff. It's more right. like, you know, once a year we'll pull something out from there. The headboard is stored underneath my bed currently because I took the headboard off um, because I'm not going to have a headboard if it's not again. That's silly. Okay. I, I think I think I we can't. Kata, we we've can't gone over this. this. We can't do this again. We can't let Rens do this because she's just like she's. Just, we're just going to get people writing in. Yeah, and oh, I, we can't God. subject Ren to the headboard discourse a second we again. Again, I just <laughs> you said the it. Don't fall you didn't the have bed. to bring up the headboard. <laughs> I did because Kato asked where I. Mm. No, we asked about the side of the bed. You're the, the one that wanted to wade back into the to the, the headboard. <laughs> Kato, all right, let's finish this off. What happened? What happened to your goddamn what a phone? Fucking croc. Okay, so the good thing and part of the reason that I'm back to eighty percent at all is that first half of the week was full on moving. Uh, second half of the week had originally been planned long, long time ago on a small like three day outing with some friends up up in the Catskills and you in the New York Hudson Valley area. Uh, Cause one of my friends really likes to snowboard and was going to teach us. Didn't great thing did, to do after your body said the didn't, shit didn't, did, did not happen moving. because we got up there. I mean, that was, <sighs> this wasn't the whole point of it. It actually, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we called the trip air D and D because it's our D and D group and All we right. got an oh, Airbnb. Cute. Yeah. Aww. And so we, uh, played D&D, and during the day we were going to do snowboarding, but the one guy who was really into snowboarding already ended up going by himself and just snowboarding down the freshly... Like, we had there was a blizzard, like, just the week before, so it was actually, like, perfect timing. The, the, probably the last good 
uh, storm that that area is going to get for this year. So I spent a day and a half just laying and hurting, <laughs> but, mm-hmm, but also mm-hmm. playing some D&D. Um, at this place, there was a really, really neat kind of like separated cabana situation. It was like a little raised deck with a hot tub in it. Hell yeah. I think, you know, I think you can see where this is going, essentially. <laughs> I, mm-hmm, at a certain mm-hmm. point, we were like, let's get in the hot tub. It's also like oh. 30, 35 degrees out. So it's, mm-hmm. you're trying to make that trip mm-hmm. from house to to cabana hot tub as quickly as possible. There's a, that's also the, that extreme <laughs> in temperatures makes the experience of getting in yeah so much better like i know that that tiptoe is no is no fun yeah but actually it's sort of just you kind of need worth, it yeah, like it's, it's good absolutely it's you kind of so want to feel like a little bit like shit so once you get in there it's just overwhelming it's great but yeah that that, that tip the tiptoe is actually pretty long like it's like solid like 50 feet foot path of like running through the snow was intense there was um mm-hmm. the path that we had to dig out was like there were there was three feet of snow, like alongside each side of the path. It was like a little tunnel mm-hmm. almost. Um, so of course I, I'm, I'm running. I'm running for my goddamn life <laughs> as quickly as you can run in like plastic croc-like sandals that they leave oh, so that you God. don't track mud. They leave specific sandals so you don't track mud into the house. These are these are the cabana sandals, and I'm running. Getting to the getting to the cabana, I was like, "Great, I'm I'm here. I'm getting into the warm. I jump in as quickly as possible, and, and I settle in. I'm like, ah, amazing, great. Phone. About a minute, about a minute a goes by. Minute. <laughs> about a minute. When I feel a little <laughs> in my pocket. About, about a minute or two. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> oh, and I fucking freak out. I throw my phone. I pick. I pick. I I throw it out of the the water, you know, grab it from my pocket where it was, where I foolishly had placed it. Um, and it was on, so I turned it off as quickly as I could and then threw mm-hmm. it out there. And I was like, I'm sure it's fine. Uh, iPhones are, you know... They're pretty resistant pretty, these days. Yeah, they're pretty waterproof up to a certain point, you know? I, I think I'm okay. A lot of qualifiers there. Uh, well, I mean, they probably would have been okay had I not cracked my phone screen like two weeks ago. And therefore oh. broken the seal that would normally mm. keep it waterproof. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would have said otherwise. I would have been pretty confident that you would have been. I was okay. sure. Like the phone would have been fine. I'm sure yeah. it was fine. And I, I dried it off. I was like, "There's no water in here, right?" I shook it from every direction. I hit the power button, and let me tell you, the sizzle that I heard. <laughs> oh, you heard the sizzle. The, the that sizzle rules. that I heard. Hey, look, if it's gonna the- die, it might as well like do it in like a sick way. It was, I thought, oh, maybe it's, I literally had the thought for one second, maybe it's just drying itself, because I was just so out of, like, I was so tired. The funny part is the watch does have a water exhaust function, Uh so if you, if the the water, because it's meant to be, like, you can swim with it, right, and, and things like that to measure exercise, and, uh, when I've taken it into like the pool with me, like eventually like you'll get out and it kind of like beeps at you. And then you have to like turn the little knob and it like goes and it spits the, <laughs> it spits it spits the, the water out. Water. So I mean, I far off. This like, is probably are... what I was thinking of when I was yeah. like, there's a, there's some sort of thing that these phones do, right? Yeah. No, yeah, it was close. definitely it was just, just... 
the wrong device, unfortunately, Gato. It was absolutely uh, just whatever chip had gotten the wettest dying. A, a, a heat, a, it's a, it's small heat. De- it was very warm, whatever too. Whatever chip had gotten the wettest. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. rough. So now I have no phone. Um, I've ordered a new one. It's supposed to arrive on Tuesday, but it's been weird well, not having um, a phone. I just. Well, I'm glad. I'm sorry about your phone. I'm glad that you're uh, in your apartment, um, and or at least <laughs> attempting to achieve some yeah. uh, form of of normalcy. Because uh, that is a, uh, especially once you're old enough to have stuff like it, that, that makes moves harder and so harder much, as you get older so because you accrue more and more permanent stuff to to kind of go between. Uh, yeah. places uh but let's talk about a little bit of news before we uh, get into the games that, that we've been playing uh yeah a real bummer news right in the middle of uh ren and i uh streaming uh exoprimal was the news that lance reddick uh a beloved uh i think longtime character actor but like became like graduated beyond that stature i think to just like beloved actor um great uh, voice actor as well just like yeah in, just in yeah every pothole thing yeah, yeah, Lance Reddick, you know, known for the the Wire, John Wick, uh, you know, uh, the whole host of of incredible uh, credits um, in video games. Obviously, the things closest to us, you know, the Horizon series was a main character. Um, was uh, is it Commander or Captain Zavala? Commander in Destiny Two. Commander, Commander Zavala. Um, I apologies. I need to show the utmost respect. Uh, <laughs> To, to uh, Mr. Zavala and uh, yeah, passed away uh, as you know, as far as I know, I don't, you know, no foul play or anything is suspected. This is just, I think, unfortunate and the kind of thing that happens every once in a while. There was a statement released by the family to Lance Reddick's uh, Twitter account, which I he is no longer with us, but I cannot recommend more highly scrolling through Lance Reddick's Twitter account there. It is some of the most wholesome, delightful like it's just fantastic. Like there's so many reasons to be sad that uh, he's not uh, with us, but his presence on the hell site uh, was like this brief, like shimmering, like beam of positivity and humor that uh, is at least now for now still still archived and accessible. But uh, Stephanie Riddick uh, uh, released the statement. Uh, Lance was taken from us far too soon. Thank you for all your overwhelming love, support, and beautiful stories shared on these platforms over the last day. I see your messages and can't begin to express how grateful I am to have them. And to the thousands of Destiny players who played in special tribute to Lance, thank you. Lance loved you as much as he loved the game. Donations may be made to momcares.org in Baltimore, his hometown, uh, signed Stephanie Riddick. Uh, Kato, mm-hmm. uh, uh, starting on Friday and over the weekend, there are... Uh, you know, lots of reports of folks like signing in um, and emoting and paying their respects to uh, Lance Reddick uh, as a result of uh, this news. You more than anyone have probably spent the most time listening to Lance Reddick's voice, uh, given the the fact that you've played uh, far yeah. more Destiny than any of us. What did you make of of hearing this uh, when when the news came through on Friday? I mean, it was, I mean, you know, heart wrenching, surprising. He was. You know, relatively mm-hmm. young at sixty, like mm-hmm. you don't expect it, uh, especially, f- especially such a like. I don't know. He like you know. You read about like he he had like a, a thing planned the next week. There were had no no. He's got a like, movie coming issues. out this weekend. Yeah, like, you know, it's he's, just a new John Wick film is 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 coming out in in several days. You like, know, devastating to hear and just like he. I don't know what's um I don't I don't know that they could ever replace him as Zavala like 
he had thrown so much of himself into that character and especially his time off off like not even in the booth right like so many so many videos that he made on twitter and like were just him doing basically free lines as zavala like he was always interacting with the community it was super into all things destiny and like really like he played the game. Yeah. Right? I think that's like a yeah. pretty he I think if you were he, to ask He rated the average person. Like, do you think do you think Lance Reddick's really into Destiny 2? He'd be like, oh, oh come on. Like he's just a Hollywood actor taking the, the check. And like, <laughs> no. no. Like the bungee folks who have been coming out after the fact sharing stories of their interactions with him behind the scenes. Like, I, I don't know which I, I unfortunately don't have the thread in front of me, but it was like one one of the, you know, senior folks at Bungie who was like brought in because Lance sent a request to the studio. He was having trouble with like one of the raids. Yeah. And was looking for help <laughs> and wasn't looking to be carried like he like that. They thought they were coming in to carry Lance Reddick. Right. Like Patrick Klupik through <laughs> Like, hey, this 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 punk doesn't know what they're doing. Like, let's just let him let him get the loot at the end. And like the way the story is told is like no like he came yeah. in like with a fully uh, like like uh, kitted character was like directing traffic like knew their role played a pivotal moment towards like the end when the team was about to wipe against the boss and like stuns the boss like reses people like just yeah. an inc- incredible like shows how much that game meant to him beyond just being a role that he became well known for and iconic behind yeah, yeah. absolutely um, um okay please Kato. I was just going to say, and like, you know, I just barely put together my computer uh, to be here today, so I didn't get to log on over the weekend to see these firsthand, but, you know, just an outpouring of people, like you were mentioning before, paying their respects at Zavala, who is a, um, you know, he's a he's a quest giver that's in the tower in a kind of central location, so um, there was just, you know, the way that these things will happen in MMOs. Like people just crowds and crowds of people gathering around that character and, you know, paying their, their respects. And, um, he will be sorely missed. And especially in the, in the destiny community for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I Uh, think you had something you want to say. Yeah. It's just like, it's just such a bummer. Cause like Lance Reddick really is one of those people who like truly elevates anything that he's in or yes. elevated anything that he was in. And like, I had an extended conversation this weekend uh, about whether or not like movie stars as a thing should exist as like, as like a class of person. Right. Uh, and, and one of the things I was thinking about that entire time was like Lance Reddick as like this, like phenomenal essential character actor who became just like a, tr- like who was also like a terrific dramatic actor. And I like look at someone like Lance Reddick and like, yeah, no, like, uh, these people should exist, right? Like this is this is a worthwhile thing to be, and like he is such a a tremendous encapsulation of like why that is. Um, and it's just a huge bummer. Um, I really wish that like, you know, I wish that he had gotten a thing or like a thing that was built for him uh, in a way. Like when I think about like other character actors uh, who I really love, like Harry Dean Stanton, or um, you know, even character actors who I don't love but who I think have gotten like a thing. Uh, like, mm-hmm. for example, like Adam Sandler, right? I want to see the movie that was built for Lance Reddick uh, yeah. in the same way that like Uncut Gems was built for Adam Sandler uh, or Paris, Texas was built for Harry Dean Stanton, right? I, I'm i so sad we never got to to see that like culmination of a life's work of developing a specific kind of guy. 
uh, and it's and it's it's just like a it's a huge bummer uh, mm-hmm. in like every conceivable way on both like a, a tragic that a human being died and like tragic on like an artistic level. Um, it's a it's a huge bummer. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, I'll be very curious to see what Bungie ends up doing. You know, no. you know, obviously, I'm sure there's lots of leftover recordings or things that were in development for the future. Yeah, I don't think they'll be as stupid headed as to like try and like continue the character with AI or anything like that. No. But one would hope they would be able to cobble together in the, in the way that, you know, has happened in the past. where like, do you have enough audio data in front of you to give this character like a send off as opposed to just like, I don't think, I don't think Zavala is just going to disappear from the tower. Like, like got in a ship and, you know, disappeared. Um, I, I hope they're able to some way weave in, something that sound you know you would imagine given reddick's connection to the game would have wanted was like a farewell fitting of the character's impact to the game to its players and a sign of respect to how much he gave back to that because yeah. it's it's not uncommon to have hollywood actors parachute into projects like this but it's very rare to have them become central to the community and so I mean, hopefully bungie's able to f- find a way to to make uh, something was, that makes sense he was the last one of the big three that we're still around, yeah. right? Like the big three were, mm-hmm. you know, you got Nathan Fillion as Cade, uh, Gina Torres as Ikora, and Lance Reddick as Zavala. And, you know, they killed Cade, so they didn't have to keep paying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what's his face? I, I just said his name and I've lost it Nathan already. Fillion. Nathan Fillion. And I think that was part of the reason that they... They they like slowly phased out uh, Gina Torres well, as well. Some of this happened during the pivot to like the weekly storytelling model, right? Yeah. Where there was just in, in, like to some degree a higher demand of like we're gonna need. It's we're not gonna, like we're releasing yes. a sequel every eighteen months. We like need lots of voice lines, and at some point the cadence of that was maybe just not sustainable. Right. It's like like for those people are busy. And like Lance Reddick yeah. was also busy, but he loved the he loved the I, game. My guess is you would like you come to Lance Reddick and say, "Hey, we're killing Zavala to save money." I, I think he would have. I don't think that was an option. No, That's the one character you not. couldn't do it to. <laughs> he would just keep showing up, and he was always he was always also kind of the, you know, like as the as the character was like kind of very central in like that group of three. Like it was a triad, but it was really like he was commander. He was in charge. Uh, there was there used to be a faction in Destiny One that wanted to make him the new monarch called New Monarchy, <laughs> um, and uh, you know Lance threw through like everything he could into that character, and it really you know it shined through. It was a compelling uh, performance every time he he got on the stage on the on the digital stage. I mean that's like his whole thing is like i like he is one of those dudes who will always put in a compelling performance yeah. like regardless of what the actual work is and and like and command's those, a good word because he just has one of those presences that you just cannot look away from mm-hmm. whether it's a comedic or dramatic or like whatever oh the God. tone is the man starts to speak and you listen <laughs> <laughs> there have been so many great comedic performances that I hadn't actually seen from him that people because the Toys R Us one has been the big one that's been going around uh, mm-hmm. recently where he I, th- I think that's the one of the uh, funnier die 
uh, bits uh, that we did a long, <laughs> long time ago. Um, There's a bit from an Eric Andre skit that I'd never yes. seen that was amazing. The one where he slaps the table <laughs> and basically yeah. scares the shit out of Eric Andre. It's yeah. incredible. Um, and and the there's some other one where he's like playing some suit, telling someone about their septic tank. Full yes, of, yes. Full, full of, of cum. Yeah. Is this from that show? Uh, there's a show. Is I forget a, a show what it's corporate? called. Maybe. Um, but his the the faces he's making in that clip are just amazing. Like uh, uh, as for as much as he's known like most for his dramatic roles in The Wire and Fringe was the first place that I actually yeah. interacted yeah. with uh, uh, or saw him the most. Um, that was like my introduction to 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 him and his work. Um, like some of those comedic pieces makes me wish almost that like there was more of that out there because he can really he he's he's a funny guy like you saw this in the in the times that he would post and interact with the destiny community he was goofy as hell and he loved make cracking jokes when he could it was it's really yeah I mean, again, this is that this is a, the the one of the fundamental truths of the character actor as form is that like. A lot of his, he's extremely funny. And part of the fact that he's extremely funny is the rest of his career. And like the <laughs> intertextuality there is like one from like a how media works perspective, very cool. And two, just like a sign of like how wildly talented uh, he was like as a, as a performer. Yeah. God, such a bummer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, elsewhere, that was just worth noting that uh, Respawn is opening up a studio in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, which is noteworthy because that is the same location that uh, Raven Software uh, has a QA studio or a studio out there that also functions broadly to work as support on the Call of Duty games. Um, their uh, their QA team is going through uh, a unionization uh, effort uh, out there. I think it's just really interesting that of all the places you would open a studio mm. about supporting an ongoing shooter would be uh, in uh, Madison, uh, Wisconsin, which as someone, you know, that spends a lot of time in Wisconsin has been to Madison. I also think it's just cool that there's more places out here that are, are building video games out here uh, in the Midwest. But uh, I think that is a uh, fascinating uh, place to uh uh, put that down do you do you know anything about tax breaks there like is this as much a a city tax break situation as it is a let's put a thing close to close to uh, yeah i don't know studio? it's definitely definitely possible um uh, I, I i don't know off the top of my head but yeah certainly that could be um uh you know madison trying to attract like chicago you know obviously it attracts a lot of businesses uh and and talent and resources but wouldn't uh, shock me if Madison was trying to uh, also uh, do the same sort of thing because it functions similar to, you know, there's Milwaukee and Madison, the two big, you know, sort of hubs in, in Wisconsin there. Um, and it, you could absolutely be right, uh, Ren, but I, I don't know that off the top of my head. Uh, what I do know off the top of my head is that a game that Ren and I uh, were mostly just playing for the goofs and then came out on the other side going i think this might be one of the games i'm most excited to play later this yep. year on friday oh hell yes uh dude started to rock and so did the dinos uh when you <laughs> and i were yes. streaming exoprimal uh, a new game from capcom that is uh i think that i don't know if the beta is still going on it's probably finished by the time this podcast is out i know the exact duration i'll look that up uh while we're talking but uh, Ren, you and I had a chance to play this game for a couple hours on Friday. Yep. Can you set up for people 
don't know, sort of our expectations going in or your own expectations and what actually this game is all about. So I remember the only clip I saw of Exo Primal before booting that shit up, and this was the right way to do it. Let me be clear. I didn't play Dino Crisis as a youth. I have not, I have not thought for a second about what would happen if you shot a gun at a dinosaur. Didn't ponder it. Didn't consider <laughs> it. I've seen Turok. I know it exists. I didn't think about it. And then I saw a clip depicting thousands of raptors falling from the top of a skyscraper, hitting the ground, bouncing, bones breaking off the ground until the raptors piled so high that they that their that their bodies broke the fall of their brethren. I mean, there's this this scene, uh, World War Z, not a very good movie. Yeah. Um, uh, but Bad there's even. the scene where the zombie is trying to scale one of the last yes. major cities. Uh, essentially just topple on top of thousands, tens of thousands of toppling on top of each other to get o- to scale this wall. Yes. That is the sense yes. of raptor chaos that was yes. at, at play in Exoprimal. And as, and as the raptors fall from the sky, bouncing off the ground, <laughs> bouncing off our heroes, there stands someone wearing an anthem-ass mech, an, ans- an anthem-ass exosuit with a cool sword. And then they're just cutting through raptors. Yeah. And I saw that clip and I was like, oh, shit. And then Patrick sent a message being like, we should play Exo Primal uh, for stream this <laughs> Friday. And I was like, I'm not looking at anything else. I'm going in totally fucking blind. I boot up the game 20 minutes before we start that fucking stream. And then it's like, there's a horny robot lady who tells yeah. you that she's stain proof hey. yeah, for some reason. baby. Uh, and I'm like, what's happening? I load into the game and I am met with an Overwatch style class system, a character based class system where I see that there are uh, attack, tank and support characters, baby. And there is like <laughs> 12 of them. And I suddenly realize that Exo Primal is not just a game about fighting giant di- fighting dinosaurs. It is also a hero shooter. And a really what? fucking good one at that. Yeah, I think the the the, the, the good one. Like, I I wanted to check this out, so I just looked up. The beta is over. There was an open beta this weekend, and it finished on Sunday. Shit. But I, uh, it's it's Probably. launching on Game Pass later this year. Hell yeah. So I think this summer. Um, this is a perfect game to be a Game Pass game. Like this, that's a smart choice on, on Capcom's part. But yeah, I like you, Ren. Uh, had really I love dinosaurs. Had played Dino Crisis, and mostly have been upset that uh, as as Capcom has revisited many of its franchises, it has continued to ignore the plight of the Dino Crisis fan, mm-hmm. despite how cool dinosaurs would look in their in the RE engine, which is powering most of what Capcom does these days, including this game. This is also running. In the RE engine, like <laughs> as most Japanese studios or most studios are switching to different middleware solutions. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about this on the podcast. Pretty much everyone's moving to Unreal Engine. Uh, Capcom just like out here making the slickest piece of tech in in decades and all their games run excellent and and really smooth on it. Uh, I was like, OK, there's a game with mechs and dinosaurs. It'd be something for you and I to do for a couple of hours and mm-hmm. we'll get some so we'd goof some good bits out of it. And I remember telling you the I did like one round of it to wrap my head around it, make sure the game ran fine and I could stream it fine. Uh, and then when we jumped in, what I told you as you were kind of doing the like, I, you can switch between the classes yeah. and this like minute countdown before the actual match begins was, hey, the thing, the, the thing you're going to notice right off the bat is how good it feels to control these characters. Yeah. Like it is not just 
like a, a funny bit, like rendered with like excellent fidelity, but that the moment you're controlling these characters, like moving, dodging, shooting, uh, all feels fantastic. Like it is just a really good action game. And, and, and the other thing, like it all feels fantastic and distinct, right? Like each suit feels like wildly distinct from one another in a way that is like really kind of surprising. Um, there is not just like one feel across the board. Uh, it is, it is a bunch of different character feels that I think like come together in like a really compelling way. Um, I think it's, I think like even, even if it didn't have all the dinosaurs in it, I think this would actually be like a pretty competent, like hero shooter in terms of like how these different characters feel and look and are designed. Um, I think I think it's a very well-made game and also it's full of dinosaurs that you're constantly fighting in <laughs> yeah. just like the I mean also like the structure of it is fascinating right it is a, it yeah. is the basic the basic game mode has you it's PVE and then PVEVP so the PVE mode is you're just trying to kill dinosaurs or complete objectives faster than the enemy team uh, to like try clear and, out these like hundred esque like you know hundred. I mean, it's hard always. It's hard to like pin down the amount that is yeah. that is spawning, but it's it's in the hundreds. It's a hundred regularly, raptors. right? Um, like hundreds of raptors, and then there are like larger dinosaurs that kind of act as sort of like mid boss like boss type enemies, and mm-hmm. and like a lot of what's the objectives are, are different, right? Like sometimes it'll be uh, hey, stick around a box as it moves forward. Uh, Other times it'll be, uh, hey, like these cartridges, just basically a resource, like spawn somewhere in the map. You've got to run over there and collect a hundred of them before the other team uh, does. And like all of these are mixed in between moments of interacting with other players and then interacting with your team um, relative to where you are on on the objective. It's it's really well done. And also like just like clever. It's a really clever way to do this is that like you can if you shine in the PvE section, you will get a significant head start on starting the final PvP section. And like that feels great to like get that little bit of a head start. Um however, I will say this: if you do great in the PvE section and your team just doesn't know how to fight other people, you are a little bit fucked, which happened to us several times as every team Patrick and I played on had just the worst possible team comps. Just, just like not to, just the worst possible team comps. <laughs> well, but I, I think, I think what it, po- I think what it points to is when you're in the, so one thing we should note is that uh, in this specific uh, game, you can switch to any other character class or character at any time. Yeah. Um, it is not something that is limited to the round um, you can switch once you've died and you're waiting for the like kind of res cooldown uh, to clear um, or like in the middle of a match. If like, hey, we just really need a sniper. You can switch to a right. sniper. You jump out of your exosuit like you're a soldier until like this other meter cools down and then you press a button combination and boom, you're back in to the to the new suit. So there is a real level of dynamism that is that is at play here. And in the PVE stuff, it should be clear like. In this open beta, which is like you don't get you don't get decisions over what modes you're playing. You're just kind of thrown into whatever the game tosses at you. They are all mashups of PVE and PVP. Like you're doing you are required to engage with both in order to be successful Mm -hmm. um, in these matches. The PVE stuff really leans into like, I don't know, like I kind of want to be a tank right here. Like this like there's not as much pressure on Mm -hmm. character class and character dynamics. And then there are there are these pressure points that occur. 
often at the beginning and, and almost always at the end, uh, depending on the mode that you're, like the map you're playing and the objective you're playing, where like the, the, the dynamics of the team are really important on the PvP part. You have to have like a tank here. You should have a sniper here. You need a, you need a support character. Like, and if you don't have those, like you're going to get railroaded by any team that is actually engaging, even like mildly competently with like the support structure that comes from a, like several characters that are working in tandem with one another. And like one of the things that I found in like the, you know, eight or rounds or so that, that we played Red was like when, when you have one person like not, collaborating in that direction is sort of just maybe understandably screwing around is like wants to just try a bunch of different classes you can't win no like you will you will not win and that makes me interested to see what is the full breadth of what this game is is all of it this sort of dynamic because i think that's going to make it a challenge for it to be enjoyable over the long term for certain types of players who are like hey i'd really like shooting up the dinosaurs and it's okay if I interact with some players, but like if it turns into deathmatch at the end, like you know yeah. that that's going to be difficult when you're you're matched up with random people who are uh, kind of just goofing or stunting around, and that's what we ran into uh, kind of over and over again. Even if you be really generous, it's like a lack of communication between our play our team was resulting in like two players being the same character, and like you yeah. just shouldn't do that. Like no. you just shouldn't. And the game doesn't stop you. You can be four healers if you wanted to, but uh, you know you shouldn't probably. Yeah, I mean, like, also, the other thing is that, like, to be fair, we are playing the game during the three-day-long open beta, where people are just, like, stumbling in being like, oh, dinosaurs, and haven't had to, like, literally 35 (laughs) minutes to sit there and figure out what they should actually be playing. And anybody can download it, right? It is, it is, this is open season to, like, anybody that wants to try the game, as opposed to a more self-selecting group of people who were like, I'm going to pay money and want to engage with this experience. And I know right. what a hero shooter is. I guess game pass sort of is the closest we get to a kind of free for all uh, in that regard. But you're, you're definitely right. Like expecting quality play from an open beta is uh, <laughs> perhaps you need to set your <laughs> expectations slightly differently. But I think the reason it was frustrating was because we were having such a good time with yeah. everything else that it was just frustrating to get to the end and not be able to close like at least one or two matches and have right. that full experience. And, and the PvP, like I, I was doing okay, and like that was the tragic bit is that like we we were doing Patrick, we were doing all right. Yeah. Hey, we were doing all right, and like also like the characters are really satisfying. Like yeah. it, it is that the. Do you want to describe some of the characters that yes, you were playing please. as? Because I, I I know that you really fell in love with a, a couple in particular. So I I ended up really liking the game's two primary melee characters. The melee tank and the melee DPS are both, like, so fucking fun. The Zephyr is the melee DPS uh, who basically has, like, these two swords. They dash all the way around. Uh, They have an uppercut attack, and then they have an attack where they, like, shoulder check a group of enemies into a wall. Uh, And so the game has this, like, Dynasty Warriors-esque energy of like i'm yeah, going to be hitting strong muso energy to this once. game in general yes. uh and like landing that shoulder check means you do an initial burst of damage when you shoulder check someone and then when they slam and like splat against the wall you get to do additional damage and stun them and so like if you get a player in the wrong position and you shoulder check them against the wall if you like shoulder check hit twice uppercut hit once more you will kill someone in a way that is just like endlessly satisfying. 
uh, if you can if you can like get someone out of position in that way. Uh, and then their alt basically means that every time you land a hit with your melee attacks, it cuts the cooldown of your activated abilities of that shoulder check and that like uh, upward like uppercut ability. And so you mm. just become a fucking dervish. Uh, on the battlefield <laughs> as just like cutting through everything, slamming people into walls, dashing all over the fucking place. It's it's so, so satisfying. The other one I ended up really liking was the uh, melee tank, who is a counter-based tank, where you have this ability that seems really good at fighting other players and not at all built to fight dinosaurs, <laughs> uh, where the melee tank has like a pretty long, like a pretty like wide-ranging melee attack a like your like standard like ei slash where you like you know store your sword and like wait for a minute and then you un unsheath it in like one big wide hit uh and then a grappling hook that lets you like grab something environment throw yourself to it and then do like a spinning stab as you go towards the ground and so like a slow character with a with one good movement ability and then finally this like shield that you can do that works for like 10 seconds maybe blocks all damage uh you hold it for like five ten seconds and if you block enough damage during it you gain access to a counter that if you use it does this like massive knock-up attack that does like a truly disgusting amount of damage and so if you can get this character into an enemy team and like right in the middle of them and then activate that counter uh and you are fighting in close range if you do it you can like absolutely devastate an entire enemy team if you if you're able to like sneak into their back line by using that that grappling hook um and like i think that its cooldowns are a little bit long but i worry that if they were any any shorter it would be just completely broken but it is a really really fun melee class and also like the thing that's worth noting here is that all of these classes are like very easily distinguishable visually at least for me mm. i got like pretty good at being like okay I know how to deal with, I know what each tank looks like, and I know the different strategies for dealing with each tank. Um, you know, the big, like, um, Reinhardt, like, shield guy, mm -hmm. I know how to deal with that dude. Like, the, the answer to that guy is you have to get behind him or, like, try and, like, send a backliner in, right? The answer for the minigun dude was to send in a melee character who can get in underneath the shield. I actually think that the uh, melee tank would be a hard counter to the uh, uh, bubble shield tank. And then finally, for the melee tank, it is keep them at range, uh, and they really struggle in the PvE sections. And so, like, all of these characters are, like, pretty well designed visually and, like, have solid abilities. And I was just, like, very, very impressed by how everything came together and, like, already the points of synergy that I could see between everything the supports are great, too. Um, I think a lot of games uh, like this are really scared of giving debuff-based supports um, because CC-based supports can be really annoying in the style of game. And so this game was like, all right, we're not going to have CC supports, plural. There is going to be one support who is going to fuck with your movement and act as a hard counter to that melee DPS I mentioned earlier. Uh, if I got hit with the movement-restricting support, I was dead. Uh, and that was like a really cool. You could tell there were just moments where you would just see. <laughs> it's like, as you got hit by that, by one of the, I think we were moving a cube and like, that was like one where we had someone that was fucking with you on, uh, with that, which was, which was neat. It just seems, it seems really well made, really well thought out. Um, I know that when, uh, the, 
the beta concluded or some people were i saw some of the stuff that was mentioned in the survey where where capcom was asking like would you be interested in this would you interested in that and one of the modes that was floated was a 10 person pve mode and the like there is a sequence kato in this mm-hmm. in the stream where uh we're in a sort of like a city level and uh we are making our way forward and the game says oh holy shit like we gotta stop like we stay where you are like a black hole is emerging and you look to the sky and there's just this like big pulsing black orb and all of a sudden thousands of raptors start pouring out of it and they're all just barreling towards you and then it's just a section where you have to survive for two or three minutes and there's not much for you to do other than just to spam your attacks it's really less strategy as much as just like everyone use what you got and like try to get to the other side of it and it's incredible and the idea that like, it never slows down, like, never had any frame rate hitches, huh. seemed like they weren't even pushing it as far as they could. Like, a 10-person mode like that that is just mowing down, and, it, like, dinosaurs just, ah, give me that, <laughs> give me that. So I'll be curious to see how much of that final game uh, is able to kind of satisfy that urge, while also pointing out that I think the PvE stuff is really neat and goofy, but, uh, and I'm curious to see what they can expand on it and, like, what's present in the final game. But there's not like a whole lot of tactical el- like these are sort of just like dummy characters like dropped into to the world and I could imagine that tiring pretty quickly um if the objectives weren't interesting and like the actual fighting of like a, an average raptor is just is like you're kind of fighting smoke like there's not a whole lot to it so I'll be curious what Capcom actually does with making all of that interesting or if what we find out is that actually it is like a really heavy PVP PVE game and if that PVP part doesn't appeal to you then you know maybe this game won't fully click but uh definitely a game that has gone from i don't think i care outside of like chuckling at these trailers with the dinosaurs to i am absolutely going to be playing this when it comes out to uh see what else capcom has got going on because i didn't know that i needed to play this live service uh mech dino game from capcom but it turns out that i do yeah uh, and that's just a good place to be i'd rather be, live in a world where I want to play the Capcom dinosaur game, yeah. uh, then not. Patrick. Uh, yes. What if? What if you and I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if? What if we were the first stars of Exo Primal Esports? <laughs> Just get it on the ground floor. <laughs> what really if, good we, what if, we, what yeah. if we get in on the ground floor and become the biggest Exo Primal players in the world? Look, I, the media landscape is complicated right now. Got to be thinking of exit plans. And yep. one of those could be uh, Capcom. We would really like early, early access to Exoprimal because we're just very interested in covering it for our yeah. website. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you. Uh, while we actually are secretly just prepping to become esports champions. Weird, in the- weird how Ren and Patrick didn't have anything on the podcast to talk about for three consecutive months, except yeah, for vague like, mumblings about dinosaurs. That was really, that was, that was kind of weird. That era of Waypoint We're going to add, we're going to add, Exoprimal gets added to the list like Destiny 2 of like, oh, well, it's more Destiny talk. And it's like, oh, more Exoprimal talk. I, yeah, there they, their Waypoint goes again. Um, so yes, look, look, go check out that stream. It was, it was a lot of fun to play that game. And, uh, it's always nice to get excited about something that you had previously kind of been, uh, I don't know, ambivalent about it. I was not down on it, but I did not think it was something that was for me. Um, and I think a lot more people should be paying attention to it. Uh, before we 
Nice. Uh, hit the break. Uh, this morning I had a chance to play like 90 minutes of the Diablo 4 beta, which is in huh. early access for huh. a lot of press. Uh, and if I think if you paid a bunch of money <laughs> for, you know, for so, like some deluxe copy of the game, there'll be a more widespread open beta uh, that I th- well, I don't know if it's open. You got to buy like a KFC double down. I don't know how exactly. Get it. I know that's one way to get a key buy a to go buy a a double down from KFC. Can I still the, buy a double down? To, I mean, is it too late to buy a double down? Kato, you have earned a double down. <laughs> I like, can get myself a double down. You want one? Maybe it'll have a Diablo <laughs> key. Maybe Shit. it won't. But if you want the the double down, like I I'm not gonna. Stop I thought you. double downs were limited time only. I I, I didn't I, I, realize they became regular menu at this point. I think that is the fate of like many yeah. stunt menu items, yeah. to then just become uh, they get too a regular, popular. Yeah, I mean the yeah, pretty oh, hold on. The McRib keeps keeps circling though. The McRib is always limited time. It's never it's never it gonna is. stay. <laughs> God, so they sometimes used to serve that at school, and that was like a big deal. When <laughs> yeah, I don't I think it was that. the actual McRib. No, I remember you know that Patrick. They made yeah. McRib did they do that with you too, Ren? Like that was yes. yes. Yeah, I don't. A classic. I don't, were they actually from McDonald's or were they just imitating it? I can't remember. I feel like I had imitations. I they were. They didn't have branding, which I feel like if McDonald's was donating to schools, they would leave the branding on, right? Yeah, because I mean, there was definitely branding on the pizza, right? Like there were times when it was like, "This is pizza from this place," right? Um, and that was meant to be like a big deal. Like, no, it is not just your cafeteria food pizza. This is actually from whatever local local joint. Um, but yeah, so I I, I played a little bit of that. Um, I you know I played a lot of Diablo one. I played a lot of Diablo two. Uh, didn't really play a whole lot of Diablo three. I played like most of Diablo three plus the one of the major expansion packs on console with a with a buddy. Um, but that was mostly just an excuse to drink with them and like things would splash on the screen. I can't, yeah. I couldn't tell you very much of like the twelve hours that I spent doing that, other than uh having fun catching up with a with a friend. Uh, but you know, I I have liked this series in the past. Uh, and was curious to see how it landed. Uh, now and like it's. It's Diablo, um, and I, I don't again. mean that to – yeah, it's Diablo <laughs> again. I will say I, you know, I was very supportive of them trying to have a wider, uh, like, gamut of colors to play with in Diablo 3, mm. but I am still, like, a softie for the just dark, like, gothic, <laughs> ugly shit that was, you know, really defined 1 and 2, yeah. and this game is just, like, it's all that, like, done with the fidelity that you would expect from a, a modern game and – uh, it looks absolutely gorgeous. I picked the sorceress, mm. kind of like a magic uh, user. I in like nice, betas, yeah. I try to play characters that I don't think I would play when I am actually going to play the game, so I can try and convince myself what's your, to what's play your, a class. What's your? Regular? I feel like well, usually I like char- I like character action games, and the closest I can get to that is playing like a melee barbarian character. Right. But th- right. The problem is, is and I encounter this every time that when I play these games, like yeah, but what you like about character action games are is like. The dynamic fluid movement and like combo systems that don't exist on games that are about like cooldown timers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, the sorceress was, I'm gonna kind of, kind of stick around with that through the, the beta and see if I can figure out a path, um, uh, with that one. I think there's three classes available in, uh, the, the beta. Um, and so the sorceress is the one that I've been kind of messing around with, but, um, do you know, do you remember who else? The barbarian is definitely there, sure. Um, but I, I specifically tracks. clicked away. From, I was like, my, I could feel the mouse hovering. Like, no, <laughs> no, stop not, it. Not today. Put away the big club. Um, 
And then the rogue, maybe that was the third one. Mm, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, that may, that Barbarian, may sorcerer, other, and rogue. Could, yeah. Nice. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's some interesting things, you know, uh, just from like a broader perspective, like this, of course it opens with this, a uh, sick blizzard, like animated, yeah. cut, like just the best. Like it just, it's so good. It is very Hellraiser. It is upsetting Ooh. and gross and awesome and when it was over after five minutes i was upset because i would have watched like a full 90 minutes of, a, of something that was that that caliber yeah. and, and detail um oh. but the game does actually it has sort of like in-engine cutscenes. um essentially mm. like you know a lot of the dynamic of previous games was here's the pretty you know uh cg like computer animated thing that we've built that plays for a couple minutes and then it's a lot of you know isometric camera yeah talking to you know dialogue boxes dialogue so what happens boxes. here is you still have the dialogue boxes but then you have moments where it kind of splits the difference like the camera will like zoom like swoop down from the isometric <laughs> and like get really close and there'll be like new custom animations for like the characters that are on screen to have something play out um like there was a moment where uh something happens to your character early on they get knocked out and it would be the sort of thing where normally like all right we're going to cut away to a quote-unquote proper cutscene, but instead it's like the game, like the the UI, like just disappears. The camera zooms in. Mm-hmm. Your character gets like put onto this cart that's being taken off to a different part of this village, and it's all seamless. And then, like when you control the character again, they pop up, and you know the interface is there, and you can go back to casting casting your spells. Um, and then there's like other moments where they're clearly taking advantage of like the level of detail that's in like the worlds now, and like they actually are like moving the camera into, you know, what we could call traditional cutscenes, but it's not necessarily something we associate with the Diablo mm-hmm. franchise and its isometric camera. So it just seems like they've got access to a, a lot of different tools to to make the experience of playing Diablo a little more uh, dynamic and, and interesting. And so, I'm, uh, you know, I haven't done much except make it past the tutorial and get to the big, the first big city um, where the, the game presumably opens up a little bit. But I clicked on things mm. and there were numbers and then they died. Uh, and like that's, you know, what else do I come for Diablo for then to uh, I guess also to hear the little gold. Hmm? Yeah. And whenever you click the gold, can you hold shift to see all the items on the ground? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's funny because they was I don't remember if this is in Diablo three, but the, there's a dodge button huh. like uh, like you can roll. Um, it's on a for anyone. Well, I don't know if it's anyone, but definitely okay. the, the the sorcerer yeah, can do yeah. it. I assume if the sorcerer can do it, everyone probably can. Yeah, this is um, what I was like. Like it's a universe, like possibly a universal dodge button. Yeah, that definitely. I don't the, think that was in in three. Although I played, I, yeah, no, I played the barbarian the most in that game, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember even that having some sort of dodge. Well, a lot of Diablo is like stand in stand in a space, like click on the thing, mm-hmm. and like you know, wait for the enemies to be swept away. And what happens here is like, you, I think it's on a five second cooldown. Um, but you know, like I have this one attack uh, that's essentially like a flamethrower. And so I right. can kind of like sweep that across a bunch of enemies. And as they approach me, then I can like dodge out of the way. And like, I just upgraded that one where rather than always have to hit them from a distance, like as enemies get close to me, I actually have like a little flame wall that like appears around me while I use that spell. Oh. So it's like, I use that to like get a burning effect on the enemies. Then like, you know, a dodge, a dodge roll out of the way. Um, and like the first boss that I played, like that was where they introduce, you can do the dodge mechanic, but they like tutorialize it in this section because mm. it's an enemy that is like bringing down a big ax on you. And like that does a lot of damage or if you roll out of the way and it's like, 
rather than always just like taking hits, um, there was like real advantage to uh, like dodging uh, in a certain section. There's actually an instance in where, so when I played it on, co- I played it on console because just like I think Blizzard had sent me a PS4 copy uh-huh. or PS5 copy of of the game, and Diablo like plays really well on a controller now. Like, surprise, yeah, like not just like good for Diablo, but like re- feels really good. Huh. On a controller. And the addition of an actual movement ability. Right. Like, hmm. Hmm. But I, but I enjoy this. Actually, like, <laughs> I associate my hundreds of hours with Diablo are with a keyboard and mouse. Yeah. But I, I wonder if the movement stuff would feel better, um, you know, attached to it. It's a not Diablo if you're not getting an RSI from clicking around too much. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, so maybe I can avoid that a little bit with a, with a controller. Um, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, you'll have, you have to check out the beta when it goes we yeah, yeah. live for everybody or after you eat your double down and then uh, <laughs> Yeah, let's see if I can find a double down with the code on it. Yeah. Are you, is yeah, it is in is between the chicken? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> is your apartment any closer to a KFC? Is that part of, uh, no. you know? <laughs> no. Oh, I, I didn't mention. I only moved two blocks south, which didn't make the move any easier. You think uh, it might. No. <laughs> but it when, doesn't. <laughs> when, my, uh, uh, when my mom uh, downsized after my dad passed, and then I was out of the house, my brother was out of the house, um, she was you know, did, looked around for a lot of places to live in. And then what happened to walking our dog and neighbors, uh, two houses to the left, they were just starting to have a family and needed to get to a bigger place. And they weren't sticking around that neighborhood, but they like whispered to her, they're like, we hear. And they had like a, a ranch that was just like, you know, one level and then a big basement downstairs for a lot of storage. I'm like, do you just want to buy our house? And so my mom had like gotten movers all set up and they show up with this big ass truck they were like, oh, right, it's only two houses over. So we just were loading things on pallets and then just pushing them down <laughs> the street. So this big truck is there, not being used yeah. for anything yeah. except, uh, you know, putting stuff on pallets because it didn't didn't make any sense. Um, so, well, let's take uh, a break. Uh, we'll come back, uh, chat a couple more games, uh, take some questions. Uh, we'll be right back. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. We're back. Uh, one thing I wanted to note, uh, I meant to do this before the end of the uh, bit on Diablo, but definitely point people towards the Shannon Lau uh, uh, st- uh, feature over at uh, the uh, RIP uh, Waypoint or uh, <laughs> Waypoint. Oh my God. <laughs> We're, fine. We're fine. Washington Washington Post is uh, launched. Sorry. <laughs> la- launch. Wow. Well, Woo. you know, hmm. Uh, brain. Hmm. Sorry about that. No, but Launcher, the. <laughs> The gaming division over uh, at the Washington Post uh, is is sadly uh, no uh, no longer around, but uh, did a lot of great work over the uh, the couple of years that it was. Um, and back in December, uh, Shannon wrote a fantastic piece uh, called "Diablo for Developers Work Long Hours Bracing for Impending Release." Uh, management and disturbing script changes contributed to delays. Workers say um, all about sort of the march towards this game hitting uh, its June 
uh, release date um, mm-hmm. that is coming up in a couple of months. So, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of good people still working on games like this in unenviable uh, positions. Uh, and so just make sure you read up uh, on, on how the conditions of games like this are made, even as you may be click, click, clicking and going, well, that felt good, uh, like I did uh, this weekend. So uh, elsewhere, um, out of the extremely slick polish zone into a world of epilepsy warnings, uh, yeah. Post yeah. Void yeah. ran as a game that you have yeah. been playing recently. Tell me about it. So Post Void uh, was a 2020 uh, first-person shooter uh, that was just re-released on consoles. Uh, and that's what I was taking a look at it for, was for the Switch release. It is a... You know, if if there's one thing that people say about old Renata Price, it's that she just loves a first-person shooter that makes your head hurt. Uh, <laughs> kind of just on, fir- just on like, first first contact you know ah. if, if 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 a first person shooter doesn't make your eyes kind of like go fuzzy for a second then like she doesn't want any part of it have you uh, played the one with the rear view mirror that just came out oh uh, i have not because it just came out in early access and i wanted to wait yes. a little bit um yes the first chapter of that game kato kato and i played that during one of our demo streams and i don't we did not allow it the full 10 minutes because our brains got I ups- couldn't, upset. I could it, not. I could not. Well, and, the, and because, you know, the chat was also getting sick. Yeah. And it's like one thing yeah. if we had announced, hey, we're playing a game that is is visually disorienting. Don't watch if that's going to upset you. It's like, <laughs> so we're just like, ah, uh, we did this for about 60 seconds, but this is a neat idea. All day four. Mm. Uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, I, not surprised that you would also would be keeping tabs on that game, Brandon, because it feels like it fell out of the same yeah. bucket. Of, of game that you are uh, reliably covering uh, for yeah. us. I, I love a post void. Uh, I love a uh, hyper demon. I love, a de- I love a devil daggers. Mm-hmm. I love a cruelty squad. I, I just like a little video game that when I look at it, my, my bones feel bad. Uh, and then it's it's even better when you couple that bone grinding uh, visuals, uh, those bone grinding visuals with a, gameplay style that is like truly uh you know fit to match it um and that is very much what post void does uh, uh in the company of games like hyperdemon uh it is a really simple game uh it costs like three bucks on steam for a reason uh it's because it's a, a pretty basic the, the basic pitch is simple you are a individual uh who is <laughs> Uh, experiencing some kind of um, biochemical or psychological event, uh, and you are trying to get beyond the beyond the void. You are trying to get to the post void. Oh, Um, aren't we all? Yeah. And so you are just going through this like psychedelic, surrealist, extremely visually overstimulating maps that like, the level geometry is designed to fuck with you as you r- try and run through it as fast as possible. And you're like, surely that's the hallway I'm supposed to be running down. You turn to your right and you're like, oh, fuck, no, that's just a bookshelf. Uh, and then you like turn around all the while your health is constantly decreasing uh, and only increases upon killing an enemy. Mm-hmm. And so you lose health over time and also from taking hits and the game has this like slide mechanic. And so you were trying to get through these like extremely visually overstimulating hallways as fast as possible while killing as many enemies as possible to try and stop your health bar from running out, uh, interchanging between uh, like just like standard running, sliding uh, and uh, jumping. It is 
one of the most overstimulating games I've ever played. And that's saying something as someone who has kind of, you know, made a major part of her career being playing wildly overstimulating <laughs> video games. Well, I mean, it seems like it's a calling card, right? Like, I mean, this, like this game starts at in like the same conversation of a lot of these uh a lot of shooters, I mean, you see more of these in the, like, what they call the boomer shooter category, which is specifically targeting folks who played uh, first-person shooters uh, in, like, the Doom Quake era. But this game is definitely adjacent from that in the sense that, like, speed used to be a much bigger, like, it is hard to convey to people now how slow first-person shooters are relative to where we started. Yeah. Like, Wolfenstein 3D, uh, Doom, like, those games feel like you are attached to rocket boots, uh, compared to even mm-hmm. some of the fastest games you would play today. And what's interesting about Post Void is that it's taking that notion of like, oh man, when we used to play shooters, like you could just move. Go. And then says, well, what if that movement was tied to a explicit mechanic as opposed to just being the movement speed? And that the consequence of that is then, you know, uh, how you navigate around enemies. I think it's really smart to identify that as one of these things that's been lost to a lot of like modern big budget shooters, but is now being kind of maximally filled by a lot of right. independent developers. And then this one finds an, ev- you know, it's like, well, how can another one of these games find a unique like pivot point off mm-hmm. of this, this foundation? And it like, here is another one that found another one that makes me go, ha that's pretty clever. Yeah. The speed is the pressure point, right? That is, that is the point of tension is how fast can you move through the space and can you juggle that fast movement with, uh, actually keeping your health high enough to make it to the end goal. Uh, and like when, when you get into like the trance state that, that the, that this style of game can get you into, it is just incredible. Like hitting headshots in this game instantly kills an enemy and to hit a headshot while moving this fast makes you feel just like it's wholly built different uh and all of this is built into like your standard extremely ex- when i say light here i mean rogue light uh like rogue light 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 where basically the only thing that's happening is there's no unlocks you just get more perks between each round right you just get more perks between each level uh, and so that perk, those perks can be something like, oh, you reload your gun faster, or your gun becomes an Uzi, uh, or your gun becomes a shotgun, or you use a knife now instead. Good luck, dork. Uh, <laughs> at which point, like, the knife is really cool, because it's just like, cool, you're just going to have to get up in these enemies' faces as quickly as possible to try and juggle this. Uh, you should never stop running forward. The knife is a, I'm going to stab a guy as I'm running past him, not a, I'm going to clear every enemy in the level weapon. Which is, like, really neat. And it's just, like, ugh. It does it does bad things to my brain in the best way possible. Um, I, Are you just I trying would... to, like, get, th- get through as many stages as you can, then you die and start over? Is there, like, an end state? Like, what is the... There is. The bro- okay. There are 11 levels. Um, oh. You're trying to get through 11 total levels, um, and then you get a score. Uh, so it, it is a it is a score chasey game uh, for the most part, um, but it does have like an end an end goal. Uh, once you get a level 11, the game's like, cool, you did it, hooray, it congratulations! Again. And like, you know what? That's all it needs to be. Mm-hmm. That's that is all this needs to be. This video game costs three dollars. Uh, uh, that's all they got to do. 
the Steam reviews for this are incredible. I didn't, I didn't even have to My like search very far. Uh, <laughs> two, are you are you talking about uh, Steam review from Mao is God? I swallowed a battery one time when I was a kid. Is yeah. that the one that stood out to you? Yeah, or or Pixel Chungus uh, with four hours on record uh, with uh, Post Void, and the review is sex. Um, uh, <laughs> um, this other one from I am Foxineer. Pros, fun as fuck. Fast-paced, cool visual style, epic soundtrack, cons. My eyes hurt after a 20-minute play session. Recommended. Uh, um, Soviet Shoelaces says, this is what 90s politicians thought we did to you. Yeah, well, <laughs> battle medic. Heart, 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 heart. If ADHD and cocaine had a baby, this would be the result. Um, and uh, that's Thawed, all just... don't ever buy gas from a weed station, bro. Uh, yeah uh, yeah like i mean there is this you know shit posty element to a lot of games that are exist in this space you know cruelty squad post void but i think shit posting and i wrote this in the feature that i wrote about cruelty squad like is both descriptive of what's happening here but also can betray the genuine ingenuity that's occurring like it's an aesthetic it's a vibe but shit post does not necessarily imply lack of effort or Mm -hmm. interesting things are happening yeah um Oh, Jesus Christ. Rent's <laughs> posting more of these reviews. Just go read them. They're really good. Like, really you, get good. A, you can get a whole... Over your lunch break, just read the reviews for Post Void and you will... Um, <laughs> this is a really good one. 1.6 hours on record from Poo Poo. It's just two question marks. Yeah. It's just like a shrug. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh? Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. I think my favorite has to be Oh Hell Nah SpongeBob took 40 Benadryls. Yeah. <laughs> Spongebob. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's uh post void. You said it was relaunched on uh uh consoles like you played on Switch. Yes. Is that where you I played a bit of it on Switch and then was like, let me try this on PC, and I will say it works much better on PC. Uh, is that just like a keyboard and mouse thing where like yeah. the precision feels yeah. yeah, that's like uh what is it? The uh Boomerang Axe was a game that I mm-hmm. played on mm-hmm. Switch and like two minutes into it was like <laughs> no, 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 no. And then went to PC and like had a much better time. I will say the thing about this game is that it's not terrible on consoles because all enemies head heights are at basically the same level. And so if you Mm. can, you can use your movement to aim as opposed to using your mouse to aim or like using where you're looking to aim. Right. Mm. If you treat your body like the barrel of the gun, then like you can and like just move your body to the orientation where you want to shoot someone It actually works like pretty effectively. Um, I mean, that, that is not dissimilar to, uh, you know, like when you wanted to shoot an enemy on another level of elevation in Doom, I mean, you weren't aiming. You just lined up your shot and then just fired, and, like, the game would just correct right. for that. And Or that's not – that is not an accurate description of the t- – Brad Shoemaker is going to track me down and <laughs> beat me with a hammer for describing it that way. But people know what I'm saying. You can basically shoot up without, you know, yeah, having to yeah, actually yeah. mouse look up. Um, so there's definitely a long tradition in games uh, like this where – the the definition of height. I'm misremembering. Uh, could you literally not mouse look up? And you can't. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. you know mods hacked it in like you know sure. people put that into the game, but um, no, you that was just a keyboard. Left right. You know. Yeah. Left right. Yeah. Yeah. And it just and height existed, but it was you know you didn't have to account for it. I could never play that game very long because something about the moving and head bobble without there being a reticle on the screen just mm. absolutely destroyed. I would yeah. like, yeah. I would pay 30 minutes and be like, I don't feel too good. Yeah. Those <laughs> games are fast. Like, I mean, it is just really remarkable. Of, like, I remember 
the last time we revisited Doom was like probably when the, the early Xbox 360 and it was just like novel to have anything to download and they released a version of Doom for that. And mm. even back then it was just like, shit, these games were fast. Yeah. Um, just zooming. Anyway. Uh, one last game. Uh, I've put a couple hours into uh, Bayonetta. What is the full name here? Bayonetta Origins, uh, Cereza and the Lost Demon. Uh, I did not play Bayonetta 3. I am holding out hope that there will be a updated version for whatever the Switch like update is at whatever point. Like, whenever I just looked that at the happens. frame rate for that. <laughs> and when I, I don't think I can do it. I want to play that game. It's not great. Yeah, I want to play it so bad. Like Bayonetta 2 is one of my all-time favorite games. And my thought was, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait and just hope that this game is coming out to the tail end of whatever ends up being the Switch's lifespan. And mm-hmm. I, I, there's not gonna be a PC version of this game, but I was like, maybe this will be the kind of game that gets like a 60 FPS update patch re-release. Right. Whatever. I'll pay we whatever money that. I need to. We got that for one and two, right? One and two were re-released on Switch. Um, correct. Correct. And if Nintendo loves to do one thing. It's re-release games for full price. They do that. My but my worry is that it's so close, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not mm-hmm. like a five-year anniversary. Like, am I waiting five years for us to to get to that point? Anyway, it's all just to say, I I, you know, I know that you you didn't think Bayonetta three was a, a perfect game, but it seemed like if you liked these games, you're probably gonna like a lot of what's yeah. going on here. And I I'm I'm just trying to forget that I didn't play that game because I, I enjoyed <laughs> Bayonetta two so much. But I'm trying to like scratch that itch just a tiny bit by like playing a game that is absolutely. Uh, not like Bayonetta at all, but just happens to share the namesake, which is Bayonetta Origins. It's a, it's a game that uh, just came out, um, and it's a overhead, more Zelda-style-ish um, uh, kind of action game. Uh, it, it has a control scheme reminiscent of uh, Brothers. Um, uh, what are other games that use, like, you're independently controlling two actors with separate analog sticks? Right. Um, at the same time, but like games of that, that ilk brothers, obviously being one of the most famous and popular examples of that. But, uh, in this, you, um, you know, you're playing as, uh, Bayonetta and then she's trying to rescue her mother. I don't remember much about the lore and the world of, of these games, but she wants to go to this forest and she's in training with this like witch that is, uh, uh, helping her. But, you know, basically the training is going so slow and she wants to go into this forest and try and get this power to save her mother and dreams, dreams, dreams. Anyway, you go out there and like, <laughs> You know, part of what's happening in the Bayonetta series is that you are summoning demons yes. to like fight alongside you. And this is situated at a point in the timeline where she is like the game opens with her having the first lesson of summoning a demon and having a fight for her. And she summons the demon and gets scared by it. And then the demon basically is embarrassed to be around her and like like go, goes away. Like she can summon the demon, but does is then scared by the, the very thing that she has summoned. And... Uh, what ends up happening is she has uh she's still kind of a a young kid, maybe like an early teenager is like maybe kind of the I don't know the exact age, but definitely around around that age, like 12, 13, it's it kind of seems like. And she decides, screw it, I'm gonna go into this forest, and it kind of gets cornered by a couple of uh fairies, kind of like you know, other like kind of mystical creatures out there that mm-hmm. uh want to do her harm. And she's like, screw it, I'm gonna I'm gonna summon a demon and it's gonna go great this time. Well, she summons this demon. And then it like looks for a host and the host happens to be this stuffed animal like bear creature that she carries along with her. And that becomes the host for this demon. The demon asks, wants to be released from 
this place and be sent back to Inferno, you know, like the hell equivalent. Mm. And Diana doesn't know how to do it. She's like, I don't know the spell. You're stuck here with me, buddy. <laughs> and so they have to just, they end up partnering up and you can, with a click of a button, you can, uh, you can bring the demon uh, out in a kind of like, it's this big kind of bear cat, like really lumbering creature. You're controlling that with the right analog stick. Um, and you're controlling Bayonetta with the left analog stick. And so both of them can kind of do different actions when you're like in the, uh, yeah, it's a, it's not, it doesn't look as sick as that in the game itself, but it is, it is that, it is that style of, uh, character. And it is a very cool, uh, design. And this, and this, ver- this art style in, uh, Bayonetta Origins is more, Storybook esque, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah more yeah yeah painterly, cell you know cell shaded. Like take your pick on on how you want to describe uh, that that type of look. Um, it's definitely not as you know uh, exaggerated realism uh, that you would sort of like describe uh, Bayonetta uh, the series. So one thing I'll note here is that you didn't play Bayonetta three, Patrick. It's not. Uh, Cheshire is the uh, demon who is. Um, Bound to would be the wrong word. Uh, that <laughs> game's uh, second playable character. Oh, so that sticks around. Okay, all right, that yes. makes sense. So it this w- is like kind of an origin story for Bayonetta and also for, uh, for Cheshire, Cheshire as yeah. a as a as a character. Who, um, uh, the interesting thing is that like Cheshire chooses to stay with Viola, uh, who is the character that he's bound to in the uh, in the main game in Bayonetta three. Uh, oh, interesting. Because. It is explicitly he is not bound to her. He just mm. likes her a lot and chooses to hang out with her instead of going back to Inferno. And so it's really, I think, cute that his origin story is working with Bayonetta and being like, <laughs> I have to get back to Inferno. Oh, my fucking God. This stupid goddamn kid. It's, um, a, re- it's a really good bit. It was like it was it was it was cracking me up. Um, yeah. It was like a really great way to start like okay how are we going to explain why this character we want them to have a side character they can control and like that's the explanation they come up with and it works it works really really well um do you you care about bayonetta spoilers uh like for three yeah yeah hold off okay uh i I will play that game at some point i've never spoken uh uh so, so yeah, so on the left analog stick, you got Bayonetta and mm-hmm. like during the kind of, you know, exploring phase where you're like finding collectibles yeah. and like seeing your path forward, uh, you know, Bayonetta can cast uh, spells, uh, you know, like it's Umbra magic, right? That's what it's, it's called in, uh, mm-hmm. in Bayonetta. Uh, and like, you know, it's that like red circle. Um, and the way it works here is like there will be objects that you can increase the size of, for example, like, hey, these mushrooms could become platforms. And so you can interact with that. And it's kind of got a neat. Uh, system where you'll uh, you'll target it and then there are like different spokes on the on the circle and you have to follow that pattern as it like goes around the spoke and that like that is you casting Mm -hmm. like the spell so to speak and it just adds like a a really kind of fun not quite rhythm game but like a layer of interactivity would to what it would otherwise be like press the a button and like the mushroom gets bigger um it just makes it a little more of a joy to kind of interact and have that mm-hmm. that exchange happen between bayonetta and, and the environment and then uh cheshire it is just lumbering around he can like knock things over and like break open new locations mm-hmm. and it becomes really interesting in combat i haven't gotten the save point says i'm like 15 percent through through the game but like I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of like how the two are going to interact on a, on a combat layer. I just haven't had a ton of combat yet uh, so far in the game. It starts really slow. Mm-hmm. It's got like a long 30 minutes before you're really doing much of anything in the game. 
Um, but you know, I like the, like the, the brain tension of like, okay, I'm trying to set up like a lot of what Bayonetta does in a, in the combat scenarios is she, the spell I have access to now is like, you know, she's got these vines that kind of come up and hold someone in place. And so you've got your big uh, creature lumbering around, uh, you know, Cheshire's lumbering around and like, so you want, you're moving the analog stick to Mm -hmm. cast a spell on this character that locks them in place. So Cheshire can come over with the right analog stick and they can do an attack. And so you're constantly kind of mixing that stuff up because the game is, is built to confuse you. Like you were, you were meant to like feel strained. Um, if you're playing the game, if it was a co-op game, there would not be enough for the player mm-hmm. to do. Like the whole point is that you are, are kind of doing this uh, by yourself. You could actually absolutely make it a co-op game. There's nothing that like stops you from just handing off a joy con to somebody else and, and, ex- and experience it in that way. But Personally, I really enjoy the like brain breaking of of having both uh, at the same time. This is also how Viola works mechanically in Bayonetta 3, where mm-hmm. her whole thing is that she has a sword that she fights with. And when she throws her sword, it summons Cheshire, at which point you you control both characters simultaneously yeah. uh, while fighting. It's, it's, it's really, really cool. Um, yeah, it's re- it's really neat. And, you know, it's, it's obviously sort of different setup here because it's more of a uh, you know, kind of isometric overhead uh, view. Right. It's 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 obviously a simpler game, um, but it's very charming. I it's like just really chill, um, and it's like I'm playing Resident Evil Four, which is like the exact opposite like tonal end of that, and mm-hmm. and like that game is meant to have my heart like beating like extremely fast and like extracting everything I have out of me in all of its combat scenarios. And when I want something that's more than just like a visual novel or, or something like Bayonetta Origins, like is a nice, ah, like a nice palate cleanser. Like it, it's, it's keeping me engaged. It's keeping me paying attention, but it doesn't necessarily demand everything uh, from me. Um, and so I, it's, it's, it's kind of my palate cleanser video game in between yeah. me writing down series of questions that I need to ask Kato about how, how to play destiny because I don't <laughs> know what I'm doing. We will get into that. And in a stream uh-huh. that we'll talk about in a little bit, Later this week, I'm, I, I won't ask all those questions here, but I mean, the short version of it is like, I've done all the major things and now I'm on like the weekly treadmill and I just don't know what should I be prioritizing this week? Like, what is the stuff I should be doing? Um, and I don't, I don't know. So I have a lot of questions for Kato and we're going to explore that in yeah. a stream uh, that I'll actually, actually that stream will probably be going on. Uh, <laughs> if you go right now, we'll probably be yes. streaming. You'll probably still be able to catch some of it. <laughs> Tune in. Um, where where Kato explains uh, what does one do uh, during uh, during Destiny? I will say one story I will share from uh, playing Destiny this weekend on Saturday. My uh, my my wife was having a, a friend's night out, and so I was putting both of the kids to sleep. And the kids decided they wanted to sleep in the same room uh, together that night. My youngest has a trundle bed that we can can pull out, and so it takes them a lot lot longer to go to sleep because they kind of keep each other up when mm-hmm. I shut the door, which is fine. I don't I don't care. But the youngest. Yeah. When she it needs to actually go to sleep, like she protests it by like going up to the door and whining. And I had to take the we had like a lock on the on the door inside um, where it's one of those ones. It's like a white piece of plastic where you can if you just put your fingers in the right place, you can open the doorknob. Um, but it's meant to stop a small child from like mm. being able to get out if they're constantly trying to escape. Um, and. I had to take that off because my oldest is might have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and may not be able to figure out the, the doorknob. 
uh, when they're like <laughs> trying to skip to the bathroom to take a piss. <laughs> anyway, I, Kato, had made the mistake uh-huh. of like, I'm going to try some of these more difficult challenges. Like, uh, yeah. You know, just like put myself out there. I'm going to do a nightfall. Like, this seems, I'm not, I don't have enough power for it, but like, hopefully I'll get in a group <laughs> that can like help me get through it. And got like, got connected with a group that like, I did not connect with the group that was going to carry me, Kato. Oh, I got no. connected with a group that required my participation. Yeah. And we were kind of just barely you know, getting by. But we were doing it. It was yeah. just taking us a little longer. Yeah. Um, Like, did not have, like, the one player mash with us that was like, man, you got the DPS, bro. Like, just, like, <laughs> sail us through. Instead, it was like, no, like, we all need to concentrate our fire to, like, make headway on these, on these health counts. And I could hear, I had the iPad set up with the camera in my youngest room. Yeah. And I saw her doing her... I'm going to get up and I'm going to try and escape. And the key to, to shutting that down is going over, holding the door shut for about 30 seconds. She'll sit on the floor and she'll be like, dead, dead. Where are you? Where are you? And she tries to make you feel bad. Oh, and no. then like 30 seconds later, she gets back up into her bed and she actually closes her eyes and goes to sleep. But, you know, you can't pause in destiny. And no, I'm in the middle no of this camera. like really like intense night strike or nightfall. And I see that happening on the camera and I have to run down the hallway and just, I can just hear everything going poorly. And like I'm holding the control in my hand. I can feel the vibrations of (laughs) death and destruction all around me. And I also know that like my, my, my friends can see my rando friends can just see someone idling in the game. Like, Oh, this fucker has just disappeared on us halfway through this strike. This and makes I'm, me wish that this, that there was a Bayonetta version of this, where you have to control both real-world Patrick and in-game Patrick simultaneously. Oh. Good luck, motherfucker. <laughs> and I was, try, I, I was trying to, like, peek around the... I, I couldn't yeah. quite peek around the corner to see the TV, but I was like, can I revive myself? And I was, like, holding X and then just hitting the fire button <laughs> yeah. so it could, like, make it seem like I was trying to do something. I'm trying to like, do something Communicating here. with Morse code, but with laser bullets <laughs> to be like, oh, here, guys, just give me two minutes to let this... I was like, I don't oh know if you can boot God. someone from a uh, from a fire team, but I feel like I'm going to get booted from, from this game. <laughs> but I managed to... I saw her. I saw her in the camera go back up. I rushed back down and... Nice. We managed to finish the... Hell the yeah. Thing. Incredible. Yeah, it's just really... Amazing. Goofy stuff. You just but, need to um, set up TVs let, at every possible vantage point around your house. <laughs> I know. Well, not the PS5 the exists on <laughs> mirrors. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, I I should just... If I, I... The reason I haven't done remote... I can't really do remote play when it doesn't really work in my office. Like, whatever materials in my walls just, like, make rep- remote play not work. Yeah. It works okay for slower games. It would not be fun with yeah. Destiny, probably. But that PS5 is now usually sitting upstairs now that I just drag it up and uh, up and down the stairs, uh, depending on the, the week uh, and what I'm playing. You know, I, I could have solved that, Kato, by just, like, sitting against the door and right. having it on my phone there and doing go. it that way. That would have been great. Hmm. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's get into uh, the mailbag. You can send in uh, questions uh, to uh, the question bucket over at gamingadvice.com with the subject line questions. Um, just want to quickly read this one. Uh, it comes in from Carlos in Monterey Bay. We're getting lots more more people with the, their stories of uh, PC mishaps, computer lab mishaps, and I they, they bring me great joy. Um, so we're not reading all of them, but occasionally one will strike at my heart and uh, uh, feel the need to share it. Uh, hey, crew. I have a story along the lines of the computer lab pranks. In college, my friends and I spent most of our free time hanging out in our uh, friend Chris's room. Chris had a PC that would occasionally crash and reset for no reason. 
He also had a thunderstorm sound effect when his PC turned on. We would often be watching anime on the TV and hear the sound of thunder, followed by Chris sighing as he got up to deal with his PC. Our friend John used this PC one day, hopped onto AIM, AOL Instant Messenger, mm. uh, and made it so that every time John logged, uh, logged onto AIM, it would play the same thunder sound effect. For months, we would randomly hear the sound without the PC resetting itself. It not only confused Chris, but all of us who hung out in the room. Then one day when John logged into AIM, someone noticed and called him out. John began laughing and giggling as we all sat there shocked. No one was mad for as long as we all laughed. Uh, for, we all laughed at how long he was able to pull it off. Carlos from Monterey Bay, California. That's fantastic. That's I really forgot good. that. Forgot that in AIM you could customize like every layer every of the sound, sound effects. Yeah. And that like sign in, sign off, friend sign on, friend, friend sign, sign off, off, and just you would just <laughs> assign the most. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And just assign like just the worst shit to to play. Uh, yeah. As it, it's like it, you could just play any wave file. Just let you. We just let you do that. And that with the internet, you could find any wave file. <laughs> you could. You could. Uh, um, so extremely good. Uh, this one comes in from Josh. Uh, hello, hello again, Point Crew. I've been hearing a lot of praise about enemy drops uh, adapting to current health and ammo, Dead Space, Resident Evil 4. But why does no one mention uh, Super Metroid, the earliest game I can think of having a similar feature? EGM even mentions it, highlighted in an attachment. Uh, and there's a they have a, a scan of this little uh, blurb from, from EGM. In their seminal 150th issue, January 2002, when they correctly named it the greatest game of all time. Maybe these newer games are more tightly managed and complicated with many different pickups, but seeing the purple glow of a large health pickup while on your last energy mm. tank and lost in... I always forget how to say this. Zebes? Is that how you say it in Metroid? Zebes? 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 I believe it's Zebes. Zebes? Uh, gives the same level of relief. Uh, another hot Super Metroid take. Getting utterly lost and yet somehow progressing in exploration is one of the best features of a good Metroidvania. Mandatory Hollow Knight mention, but I'd also count Blasphemous. Hell yeah. But the only 3D series I can think of pulling off the trick and making it uh, getting lost feel, quote, tense dread, uh, rather than frustrating, is the From games. Am I missing out on other games to give similar vibes? Fuck capitalism and the Packers. Hell yeah. Go home. Wait. Josh from New Orleans. Sorry, I was wrong. It is Zebus. 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 <laughs> Zebus. Mm, interesting. Um, I mostly brought this up uh, less for the substance of the question. No offense to Josh from New Orleans. But I wanted to give wow. Brandon an opportunity to... You uh, filed a story based on like yep. a conversation we had last week yep. or like building off some of that about the mm-hmm. the notion of games with like highlight markers for like, you know, loot drops, inventory drops, yeah. like j- just things that are not necessarily part of the set decoration for aesthetic reasons, but are like have gameplay hooks. So I'm curious, like, I think like this, this, you know, question is in concert with that. Like, where did you end up landing with the the piece that ended up publishing? So uh, I wrote that about Resident Evil 4 and uh, Resident Evil 4's like choice to use bright ass yellow to demarcate where resources were stored. Um, and I mean, I think that like it's it's really interesting because it is in some ways a curse of visual fidelity uh, that is being furthered by um an industry that prioritizes like visual density over all else uh, and like density of, of visual like stimuli, right? Like we are aiming for maximal fidelity, which gives us the maximal level of detail on literally every object. And once you get to that point, it kind of starts becoming increasingly difficult to distinguish between what players are and are not supposed to interact with. Um, and 
you know, I ended up watching a couple of GDC talks about um, interior design and like the intersection of interior design and level design. And like the, the place I ended up coming down on that was that like, as it stands right now, games as a medium are using like 20% of the toolkit. And I would be so fascinated to see what it looks like when they're using 100% uh, of like, how do you, how do people actually construct real world spaces, right? Because by default right now, people are using lighting and coloration, uh, and those are just two tools. Um, there's there's a bunch more, including like leading lines and all this shit that like is is really useful. And the other thing that I ended up thinking about in the piece was the ways in which um, if you think about how film cuts work, even if you if you imagine Patrick for a moment, the year is 1912. You're sitting in a theater. A train is coming towards you. Ah, oh God! Ah. Oh no! That's real. No, that's, mom. That's <laughs> terrible. That's real. You're 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 frightened, and then the, and then the film cuts to a different <gasps> thing, and you go, "What the fuck?" Uh, and then a couple minutes later, it cuts again. The first time you go, "Ah, I don't understand how cuts work in film." Um, that's fine because it keeps going. You're going to continue being exposed to what a cut is in a piece of media or like in a, in a film or TV show until eventually your brain is like, "Oh, I see." The two images go together. <laughs> ah, pa- pattern recognition. Uh, I can. I, I have can the big brain now. I can see how by connecting these different clips and images of, of, of visual storytelling happens, and I understand mm. how to move through this piece of fiction mm, as like yes. as a, as a narrative. That's crazy. The problem with games is that if you come up against these positions of like friction, these points of friction where you're like, I don't know how this works. You either learn how to recognize the pattern or the game stops happening to you and will not give you new chances to learn the pattern through osmosis until you like do the thing to get out of the situation. This is why game logic can be so difficult to learn, especially if you have not been part of the decades of design that have gotten us to this point, right? I mean, talking about Super Metroid here is a great example in the ways in which, like, you know, Super Metroid responds to the player by giving them the resources they need at that time. That then becomes a foundational aspect of how we approach game design going forward that is not spoken of or, like, explicitly made explicit to players in the same way. And so you have these, like, invisible lineages of design that eventually, like, make the medium kind of hard to get into from for for third parties and i think the metroid example is is a is a good example of that iterative design process uh yeah uh this comes in from evan in los angeles pointed ways Ooh, that's a good one imagine a world where ip laws are different and the logistics of what i described below are all figured out is there an open world you'd like to return to but with a different kind of game mapped within it for me, it'd be Red Dead 2's open world with Lonely Mountain Downhill's game. Not knocking Lonely Mountain's world, which I adore, but the thought of moving through Red Dead 2's renderings with arcadey precision and speed leaves me salivating. Thank you, Evan in Los Angeles. Uh, the one that came to mind for me here is, I think I frequently find when I play open world games, like especially third-person ones, uh, the combat often leaves something to be desired because they mm. are emphasizing the exploration uh, elements. Um, and that's less true with a game like Zelda. I think that's a rarity in which like the combat's like really great. But I think of like Assassin's Creed, right? Like I'm not here for the combat. Like I'm here to like explore. Um, and I have always wished, and I understand why a game like, I don't know, like Devil May Cry, like exists in a tightly like linear, like arena functionality. Cause that's, that's the kind of game they've built. 
But man, I always thought like, man, like, what if I could have the combat of a Devil May Cry, but like out in this big old world exploring, like, because it's like so frequently I feel like I get these big spaces and then the actual like mechanical engagement uh, that I get, like the combat part, it's just sort of like, eh, okay, like we're doing this again. Um, And so Devil May Cry is kind of the one I always go to because so often you're exploring as a character for the third person stuff. Like obviously first person is a bit of a different beast, but um, so yeah, my my answer there is like a, Devil may cry. Devil may cry gets gets dropped into you know like an Assassin's Creed type world. Like if I have that combat in that kind of world, oh, that would be the good stuff. Is uh, anything come to, to mind for for all y'all? <laughs> I just thought that pistol juggling like a group of people that you were hiding in for some hell yeah yeah you knock them all up into the sky at the give same me that time. S rank <laughs> yeah S rank assassination God um. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, Breath of the Wild is definitely one of my favorite open world, open worlds that I've in, I've enjoyed in the in in recent memory. But drop the character, drop if, the character from season into Breath of the Wild. There's like, oh, I mean, like, that just, just, that just that do the collabs where yeah. she she takes her her phone, her, her camera, and her notebook. And it's just going to different places, That'd different apocalypses. <laughs> that would definitely, that would definitely specifically work on that map for sure. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, you you could use the 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 uh, the yeah, bike I mean, to I, get I'm around already, just fine. I was already doing half of that. That just like taking photos in that game, right? With the little with the little um, tablet camera that they give you. <laughs> I've I've I obviously finished that game and don't feel a strong desire to like go back to it because it's. Kind of a linear. I saw everything I need to affair. But did you do the they, DLC? Like big, is there a DLC? What was the DLC? Yeah, there was like a whole little Ballad of the champions. There's no. The I meant. Sorry, I meant season. Oh, for season. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, season. Thought, I thought you meant Breath of the Wild. No, 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 no. no. Although no, I do need to no. do that. I should do that for Breath of the Wild before. Yeah, uh, yeah I got to do that too. The kingdom come out. Um, <laughs> but I'm um, so excited. I'm so excited. No, in, no, in, in season they put out a a, a patch recently, mm-hmm. and like one of the big like bullet points was like. So we've heard some of the we've taken some of the feedback about the bike uh, into uh, account and we have changed how the bike feels. It's like, oh, kind of want to download it just to see how the bike feels now. (laughs) (laughs) Changed bike feel. Uh, Ren, are there any like worlds that you are fond of that if if you could wave a wand, you would like kind of interact with differently? Which I think is at the key at the heart of this is like I really like this space. And then here's a different way of interacting it than the game you know, that it was built around exists. I don't really think so. Like the problem for me is like, I think a lot of open worlds are kind of just boring. Like, like Mm -hmm. for me, the problem is not the gameplay. That's not, that's not the issue. It's that like, I think the spaces end up not coming together in the most like engaging ways. Uh, I even like, you know, you could, if you put a gun in my head, I was like, pick one. I might be like, I I don't know. I probably go with Kato and be like, make it a photography game. Uh, However, The problem is, I think that a lot of games are not well suited to being photographed uh, or or are oddly suited to being photographed without their gameplay systems interacting, right? I think a lot of game worlds are like, I mean, game worlds are designed to be moved through in a particular way, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that is why they are designed the way that they are designed. Um, The setting is a product of, of everything else, not the other way around, uh, and so I can't really imagine many games that would seriously benefit from a uh, 
taking a world and stripping it of its like connective tissue. At least for me. Yeah, no, I definitely see where you're you're coming from there. Um, well, that is going to bring us to the end of this episode. Thanks everyone for writing in. Uh, again, you can send in more questions to gamingadvice.com with the subject questions if you would like to be dumped into the mailbag for future consideration. Uh, that is going to be a wrap on today's episode of Waypoint Radio. If you want more Waypoint, you can follow us on Twitter at Waypoint, Facebook and YouTube at Waypoint Vice. Um, had a couple pieces that went up on the site uh, recently, both Ren and I uh, talking about Resident Evil 4, Ren's piece. Uh, Resident Evil 4's yellow boxes are not a betrayal. They're a symptom, uh, kind of riffing on exactly what we were talking about uh, before in terms of kind of like the iconography and geography of these games and how they communicate to, to players. Uh, and then uh, my review of Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 4 didn't need a remake, but this one's brilliant anyway. Um, you can check out both of those on the site Right now, uh, this podcast is brought to you ad-free if you're a subscriber at waypointplus.com. The uh, sports pod is now on the main feed. Apologies. Uh, Look, Kato is out, and we do our best to plug the holes where we can. (laughs) But when I don't have a Kato to DM, sometimes things uh, slip through the cracks. And so the sports pod went live for Plus, folks, uh, last week. is now available in the main feed for everybody else, where Rob and I talk about, uh, as he would call the scrappy Chicago Bulls and I would call mm. the crappy Chicago Bulls but I guess it's all a matter of perspective uh, and uh, we're joined by a guest um, uh, to uh, talk through uh, we, this is a more basketball focused episode as we um, uh, head towards the playoffs of the NBA which kick off uh, in April so make sure to check that out um, we also have hmm, what's coming up this week so uh we got this podcast we're recording that we yeah. uh kato and i are gonna be doing that destiny 2 stream uh, i think on wednesday kato's gotta do some server research we're gonna figure out how yeah. to structure this waypoint used to have a minecraft server um maybe that is still being run by the community i don't know it's possible think, right I mean, maybe but if that's you that's are, kind of their if it is it's already it's like it's too. It's it's. It'll have been. It's too its own built thing in. at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't. We mess need with to start it. So in we're, a we're fresh trying to world for us. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Explore. We'll start our own <laughs> nightmare. Uh, uh, but yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> fi- we're gonna I, basically, my daughter has asked me a bunch of questions about how to play Minecraft, and I'm gonna answer them by. I, I'm. I'm basically. Yeah. I'm soliciting Kato to teach me how to play Destiny Two, even though I've played Destiny Two, but I need to learn from an expert how to, yeah. how to really maximize my weekly optimizations. Uh, and become a true destiny degenerate. And then I need to answer my daughter's questions by also yeah. asking Kato about <laughs> Minecraft. And yes, you know what, Ren. Patrick? This is a great call because, you know, when Patrick, sorry, not Patrick, when Kato taught me Dota 2, it mm. was a smooth yeah, and easy great. learning experience was super, that was I, definitely approached in the correct yeah, yeah, order of operations for teaching me the, the information required to succeed. So I'm really the, excited the, to see how uh-huh. this goes for you. Well, I, unfortunately, <laughs> I think the curve of like moment to moment interactions on Minecraft is teeny d- different than than Dota, a game we'll that see. I wouldn't touch with. Uh, we'll like, see. Uh, we should, I should teach you Dota. Enjoy, Patrick. enjoy <laughs> when uh, I enjoy did it. When I did Kato... that once with Brad Shoemaker at Giant Bomb. I God none damn of those it. Ga- like. 
I will never do it it's again. It's kind I of just like, be like, do you want to watch me kind of eat like shit Diablo. for an hour? Like, it's kind of like playing Diablo, but only for an yeah, hour at a time. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many champions. How am I going to remember all that? Are the champions in that game? I don't know. They're not. They're How not is going to start that stream by being like, so, Patrick, the way you get to the Ender to fight the Ender Dragon is... Yeah, so That's, you went backwards turn from my the daughter goal. Has said, the goal she just, is find the she Ender Dragon. <laughs> She plucks random verbiage from her videos, and she doesn't know how they apply. So I need to start building that, that foundational knowledge. Um, and then on Friday, we, uh, we're we going to riff on the uh, double dead space uh, and do a, a double Resident Evil. Uh, so Ren and I are going to be playing Resident Evil 4, uh, the, yeah, the new yeah. uh, game and the old game uh, at the uh, at the same time. Ren, have you decided which one you would – I'm putting you on the spot here. Have you decided yeah. which one you would want to play? Give me new. You want to go new. Okay, so wow. Ren's going to be playing the, the remake. I'm going to be playing uh, the original game, the Steam version, uh, most likely. I, I should just, I should do the, v, the I was VR I going to say, do one. the VR version. <laughs> I thought the VR version was great. <laughs> I, I would probably hit, Look, I'll think about it. I'll played, think about Oh, I don't have mine. I don't have it. No. My brother borrowed my, my Oculus, so it's not here. I won't what have it What a crock of shit. I played <laughs> that game in uh, on the Wii, which isn't like VR yeah. that much. It was a good version but, of that game, though. The, the, the movement aiming was awesome. Yeah, it was sick. I loved fucking clanking uh, those fucking axes they threw at you. It was just like, yeah, pew, right out of the air. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you, that, that feels very good in VR yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look forward to that on, on Friday. Uh, you can follow uh, me on Twitter at Patrick Klubik. Ren, where can people follow you? At Ren or Raven. Kato. At a underscore Kato underscore appears. Our theme music is by Bowen. The track is Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Learn more at waypoint.zone slash Bowen. That's us calling time on this week. This No, no, no. There's no. so much more week left. No, we just started God, the I wish. Yeah, that'd Actually, be you know sick. What? Fuck it, guys. We're done. <laughs> we're no more No more week. All no those things week. that we just mentioned, not happening. Sorry. Nah, <laughs> I just I just decided that we're not doing them anymore. Yeah. Uh, but that, that'll, that'll do it for uh, this episode of Waypoint Radio. We'll talk to you again on Friday. Uh, until then, fuck capitalism. Go home.